You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Seattle's newest billionaire says tax talk, tax talk will drive businesses away. He also claims Seattle, the Seattle freeze, it's where nobody really interacts with anybody else and new people, especially get the cold shoulder, they get the Seattle freeze. He says that is garbage. What's going on? What is this new Seattle billionaire talking about? Let's jump on in. Before we do, if you're new here, my name is Sean Reynolds. I own a couple of real estate companies, but I cover news topics that you want to hear. All right, let's jump on in. Here we go. Tanium co-founder, Tanium, new, one of the newest companies to move to Seattle from San Francisco. Did a podcast on them. It was interesting. Just we're out of here. We're out of San Francisco, but to go to Seattle because everybody else is like, why would you go to Seattle? It's terrible there. Well, not if you own a tech company, right? Tanium co-founder and CEO, Orion Hindawi, may not be as well known as Jeff Bezos of Amazon, Steve Ballmer, Microsoft, Bill Gates, Microsoft, or other Seattle area billionaires. After all, it was just a few months ago that Hindawi and his family left the San Francisco Bay Area for Seattle's Laurelhurst neighborhood, bringing his $9 billion cybersecurity company to the region along with him. Laurelhurst is a neighborhood just to the northeast of the University of Washington. It overlooks um, Lake Washington. It's a Seattle neighborhood, but it's really expensive. It's It's got some waterfront homes, got a lot of view homes, but mainly got a lot of old school, those that classic brick, the uh, Pacific Northwest Tudor, whatever that style of architecture is. It's just a classic look, right? So far, Hindawi seems to be fitting in pretty well, even though he admits it's a strange time to get to know a new city. He's not yet encountered Seattle's notorious freeze calling it complete garbage. And he's even picked up some new recreational interests. Well, does it count when you're a billionaire and you say, I didn't experience the freeze? Because when you're a billionaire, you pretty much call all of your own shots. You have all of your own infrastructure. You move with all of your own infrastructure. You've got people handling everything for you. You're not a normal person, bottom line, right? So I, I think to say that the Seattle freeze does not exist I don't think that is true. I think it's there. It's just that um, he's probably not experiencing it. Wake surfing was not in my lexicon before, said to Hindawi. So he must have done this last summer because I think he just moved here, right? Um, and trust me, Seattle is not the place you want to be wakeboarding during the winter. Kind of cold, kind of chilly, difficult. His affinity for Seattle-style activities aside, Hindawi didn't hold back at a Washington Technology Industry Association event Thursday when asked about public policy in his new home state. The underlying message from Hindawi, Washington needs to be careful not to follow the anti-business policies he left in California. That's why we're talking about this, because you've got that California exodus going on. How many major companies, how many major players from media, from business, you name it, are going to leave California? And, you know, People rag on Seattle about being the next Detroit. But here's a guy going, yeah, California, pretty bad. Seattle, ah, it's great. Love it. Doing some wakeboarding. All right, let's go. Seattle lifestyle. I mean, that's literally what this guy is doing. And he's a billionaire. So you got to take the grain of salt with Seattle is dying and all that. Because there are companies coming here that are like, look at the labor pool. All this other stuff aside, 
Look at the labor pool that we can cherry pick from. This place has the kind of people we want to employ. Let's move our company there. That's what's going on. And even though Hindawi said that taxes are not a big driving force for him, the 40 year old tech executive had plenty to say on the matter. When Madrona Venture Group's Matt McElwain asked him what challenges Washington State faces, Hindawi turn to taxes. State of Washington has a very attractive tax regime today, and the governor continues to say he wants to change that. Of course he does, said Hinawi. The philosophy is not helping the state attract new businesses, he said, at a time when many companies are considering relocation. So if you're a company looking at Washington, and you've got political leadership that doesn't know a thing about running a business, and they are proposing some pretty massive taxes, I mean, they just in the city of Seattle just entered into one that basically taxes Amazon and other big companies, payroll tax. I mean, you've just you got to wonder, when people are considering making a move, they're going to look at Seattle and go, ah, they're kind of a wild card, Washington State, they might get their tax code, you know, changed, restructured, we don't want to take that risk. Let's just go somewhere where we know what we're getting into. Cause and effect is if you keep on telling people you're going to raise taxes, people keep on not coming, he said. And that that's exactly what's going to go on. If you keep threatening, oh, we're going to raise taxes, we're going to give you a capital gains tax, we're going to tax the highest of the, uh, you know, if you're a billionaire, we're going to tax you. I mean, if you just keep saying that, guess what, people are going to be like, yeah, all right, we've already got a short list of places that we're going to go to Seattle, off that list, take it off or anywhere in Washington, for that matter. But I mean, as far as uh, businesses being set up in Washington, most of them in the Seattle area, kind of the Seattle Tacoma area, Governor Jay Inslee's call for that's our that's our fine, fine governor, Governor Jay Inslee's call for a capital gains tax is especially damaging to recruitment efforts, he said, the governor needs to understand that every time he says capital gains tax, he loses 10 companies. And when I first read this article, this was one of those quotes that I thought was pretty good. Let me read it again. The governor needs to understand that every time he says capital gains tax, he loses 10 companies, said Hindawe, who co-founded Tanium with his father in Berkeley, California in 2007, and last week raised another $150 million in funding. When he wakes up and says it into his pillow, five companies don't move. This is becoming a huge PR issue for Washington State. So, Hindawe is basically saying when when any mention is made of capital gains tax, payroll tax, billionaire tax, and people are like, ah, yeah, moving forward, not so much. Don't want to go there. Let's go. Let's go to a sure thing, as sure a thing as we got right now. Another big issue: the recently proposed wealth tax. That's the billionaire tax, right? of which this guy is apparently part of that group. A wealth tax will not change where Hindawi wants to live, noting that Seattle's quality of life was the big driver in his relocation. So many people said that about California up until a certain point, and then they're like, yeah, it's the taxes, right? I mean, quality of life in LA, it used to be very, very different than it is now. And a lot of people that are still there lived there, grew up there, raised families there. And now they're looking around going, man, we got to get out of here. This is hometown. But man, this is not looking good. Where can we go? Seattle is one of those options. But if our leadership keeps talking about taxing us out the wazoo, then 
you know, Seattle's not going to be an option. But he added that his peers in San Francisco and elsewhere who are looking to re relocate will call it, will view it as a vilification. Eh, okay. Washington is one of nine states along with Texas, Florida and Tennessee that do not impose a state income tax. Lawmakers, economists and some tech leaders have long called the state's tax system the most regressive in the nation. Not progressive, regressive. While others argue the lack of a state income tax serves as an enticement for companies like Tanium, the wealthiest households in the state pay about 3% of their income in taxes, while the poorest people pay 17.8%. It's the largest differential in the US. All right, you have a statement like that. But so the wealthiest households, how much is their income? What is 3% of their income? Let's take a look at that number. And then let's take a look at the poorest people. What is their income and the 17.8% of their income that they pay? What are those actual numbers? That's the disparity that you're like, okay, yeah, the wealthy people are just paying way, way, way more, right? So why don't we just have them pay all the taxes? Let's just let's throw it on the wealthiest households. We'll let them carry us just how we're doing things here in Washington. No, because that's just not fair. That's ridiculous. So when you throw out these numbers, it's like, okay, only 3% and the, the poorest people, are, they're paying 17.8. Let's look at the actual amount of taxes paid. That would be an interesting number. And then you'd be like, oh, yeah, okay. All right, I get it. But if we have taxes go up, Seattle, Washington, not quite as attractive as it once was. Seattle economist Dick Conway has called Washington's tax system shameful. While venture capitalist Nick Hanauer told GeekWire last month that the wealthy need to contribute more in taxes, especially at this great time of need. Uh, how about the government kicks in more money? I don't know. The wealthy, are they responsible for all this? They should pay their fair share, which I think they do if you look at absolute numbers. They do. So do we need to tax them more? I don't know. That's a no-go for me. And now that debate is starting to rage with the proposed wealth tax on billionaires in the state. Yeah, that's just not going to go well, is it? We have a tax code that allows low income people to pay six times more than the wealthiest in terms of how much tax they're paying as a share of their income. So this is the stat that we keep going after, right? Look at the absolute number of taxes they're paying. Look at what that gross amount is. And this is from Rep. Noel Frame, a Democrat from Seattle, who introduced House Bill uh, 1406 last month, as a state that considers ourselves as a social and economic leader, I just don't think it's acceptable. It's completely out of line with our values. Well, is it? Is it? I don't know. Hindawi, who could be one of a handful of people subject to the tax, the, the billionaire tax, said it seems as if Washington State doesn't want to maintain an attractive tax system that allows Seattle to compete with Austin, Denver and Nashville. And he thinks that's misguided. And that is why I am reading this article. It is misguided. It's wildly misguided. It's misguided because you have politicians running thing instead of business leaders in there. And just saw that um, business leader is going to run for Seattle City Council. I thought that was great to see. Can't remember her name. But I looked at um, the story and went, Okay, that person has got to be a little bit more reasonable than anything else that we have on the Seattle City Council right now. So people in Seattle pay attention. You probably won't vote for because that's not what you've historically done. But 
there is an option. If you want to complain about what's going on in Seattle, that's fine. But cast your vote where you think it should go. People can argue that it's right or wrong, but it's somewhat irrelevant, he said. The question is actually, do you want these people moving to your state or not? That's the bottom line. Do you want to bring in business or not? Because if you keep going down the let's tax everything uh, road, you're going to have people not moving to the state. That's indeed a great question. And the answer is actually complex. Uh, whether it's right or wrong. Yeah, it is. But it's pretty simple when it comes to business, right? Higher taxes, less businesses move in. Lower taxes, that gives them incentive to move there, right? Historically, Seattleites cast a wary eye toward outsiders, especially Californians. That is, I've lived here just basically all my life, 100% true. We don't like Californians. Californians are always, they're always moving into Seattle, they're moving into the Pacific Northwest, and they're ruining our quality of life. They bring with them their fancy lifestyles, their, their, their fancy cars, and um, their, you know, just lifestyles that we, uh, they, they carry umbrellas, they have umbrellas. Now, all that stuff is kind of silly. We just like to hate on Californians because um, a lot of people think that, oh, we need to go back to the way it was. Well, that's never going to happen. So just kind of deal with it and move on. That's the way I deal with it. And I've been here in Seattle basically my whole life. In the 1980s, former Seattle Times columnist and full-time crank Emmett Watson led an anti-growth movement called Lesser Seattle to drive outsiders away. Well, that worked out well, right, Emmett? Writing that we are alarmed by the whole blinking, bloody, overbloated state of California. And this was way back when. This is when I was in high school, you know, middle school and elementary school in the 1980s. And uh, California was like, ooh, California, oh, not. Go there for vacation, but don't live there. That's what we would always <laughs> kind of say. And because uh, California just has way better weather. And when you're from Seattle, that's important. Welcome to Seattle. Now go home. California immigrants meet new hostility in idyllic Northwest. That was a headline in the Los Angeles Times on August 24th, 1989. Welcome to Washington. Welcome to Seattle. Now leave. The headline could still play today. Just replace California uh, with the words tech workers, California immigrants, emigres with the words tech workers. Watson passed away in 2001, but his spirit lives on and some could say is even rising. As newcomers arrived in, in droves to Seattle over the past decade, and the city laid claim to more construction cranes than any other city in the US tensions mounted. A homelessness crisis got worse. We've always had one. It's just gotten way, way worse. The booming tech economy was blamed and still is to this day. We don't have affordable housing because of the tech workers. All right. It's just a market that's changing. It's reacting to what's going on, supply and demand. Pretty simple factors, right? Just the other day, a frustrated friend lamented getting outbid on a Seattle home by more than $300,000, noting that the winning offer likely went to some tech bro. Tech bro. Just a tech bro. Just a guy who's working in tech and he he's got more money and we're upset and he paid more than 300 grand than list price. That is unfortunately real estate every single day in in Seattle. It just is. That's 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 my wheelhouse and that is a that's a a viable concern. Hey, normal people that aren't in the tech industry not going to be able to afford a house. They got to go a little further out. The concern Seattle is becoming San Francisco. Yeah, to a certain extent it is, but we just don't have the population base. And maybe we will someday. 
but we're we're kind of like a we're like San Francisco light here in Seattle. You know what I mean? Just not we're not 100%. We're not full tilt San Francisco. We've kind of always been far upper left northwest, you know, portion of the United States and just got a little different drill here. Interestingly, that's a worry of nearly everyone. Pro-business folks like Hindawi don't want to operate in an environment where entrepreneurs feel punished and vilified, and those who've been left behind by the booming economy feel it's harder to keep up. Big city, got big city problems. That's what we're talking about. Bidding wars occurred in 65% of all homes, uh, home offers in Seattle in December, the fourth highest rate in the nation, according to Redfin. And then you've got a lot of people that got a lot of people on my podcast on YouTube that are like, ah, Seattle's dead. Seattle's done. It's over. So you've got the fourth most competitive real estate market in the United States, and it's dead. So those two things don't go hand in hand. And so what I always hear people saying is, yeah, but when this is all over, nobody's going to want to live there. Well, kind of probably disagree because you got a lot of economic factors that say otherwise. There's some areas in Seattle that are very difficult. I wouldn't want to own a business in those areas, I wouldn't want to have commercial space in those areas. Yet you can go a little few miles away. Things are different. It's not the same as downtown urban areas. It's wildly different. And that's where people are moving to. And that's where people are putting businesses in. So this guy that we're talking about here, Hindawi, he moved to Kirkland, I believe. I believe he moved his, his business to Kirkland. I have to see in the rest of this article. I can't quite remember. Seattleites, more passive, wary eye toward transplants has hardened in recent years. Yeah, I think that's true. It's now almost a bitter disdain, worsened by worsened by housing and transportation issues. We have we just we have a terrible freeway system here. We're always behind the eight ball as far as getting more people, the ability for more people to drive on our roads. Our roads are just, they're crappy. We don't, we know, we're always 25 years behind in expansion of our major freeways that needed expansion 25 years ago, just always behind. The disappearance of iconic institutions um, only add more anger. Centrist politicians such as Seattle Mayor Jenny Durkin have found it challenging to govern, deciding recently not to seek re-election. Yeah, there's some other issues going on there too, right? I mean, it's not just how things are going on in Seattle. That was a leadership issue and she had to face a lot of stuff and guess what? Made some decisions and then decided, mm, no, not going to run again. Amid this changing dynamic, the pandemic is dramatically shifting work styles. There's more fluidity to the labor market, especially among tech workers who can plug in from anywhere as long as there's solid broadband. That fluidity is what led Titanium to shift from a work-from-anywhere policy last year and why Hindawi moved to Washington State. As a result of that policy, more than half of the company's 500 Bay Area employees left. Hindawi said it was like we opened the jail doors. Let people out. Whoosh, they're going to run out of there. So he's talking about just basically running out of San Fran, right? In fact, Hindawi said it's just the second inning of this transformation. Second inning. Hmm, we've got seven more to go. And based on his conversations with CEOs, many companies are, at, are about to move. As he sees it, the governance in California is terrible. Okay, yep. And the state is doing very little to stop the exodus. It seems it almost seems like they don't care, right? They're kind of like, Oh, yeah, you know, for every company that leaves, we'll have a couple coming back in. Ah, our in-migration versus out-migration, our out-migration numbers are bigger, but we got a lot of people. So even if 100, 200,000 leave, maybe a million leave, it's not that big of a deal. 
But I think you're going to see more and more businesses specifically just because of the whole income tax thing in California say, yeah, we don't want our employees taxed like that. We don't want our tax dollars spent like the way they are in California. Let's go somewhere else. And that's where Hindawe sees warning signs for Seattle. The reality of the situation is that people who are in Washington State have flexibility they did not have a year ago. And that is persistent flexibility, he said. I think people need to be fully aware that there are people who call themselves Seattle residents or Washington residents who don't have to be tomorrow. Totally agree. We've got so many tech workers here that I think people call at home and yet they are working from all over the world. Here lots of lots of people saying, No, I'm just going to go here. What are you going to do? I'm just going to go stay there and work. So as travel opens up, I think you will see more and more Washingtonians doing that. They are basically nation states in their own right, they can move whenever they want. And it's trivial. You just pick up and move because you are no longer tied to the office. You are tied to your laptop. And I had a quick conversation the other day with an older gentleman in the gym, and he was working furiously on his phone in the locker room. And I, I made some comment about uh, you know him just just working like a madman. And he goes, "You know, this we've always been able to do this. We've been able to do this for quite a while. It's the expectations that have changed." And I was like, "Yeah, okay." That makes sense. People expect you to get back to them quickly, because they know you can. You're either working and you're on your phone, you're working, you're on your computer, or you're not. And if you're not, oh, man, we can't have that. We can't have 17 minutes go by when you make, you know, a return phone call or a return email, we need we need that information. Now, whatever it is, we got to get this done, because I'm working on it. So should you be. So there's that expectation that everybody should be working all the time. And guess what? We're just not. That's not. That's not living. That is. That's just endless grinding for no real point in sight that I can see. Anyway, that's not my thing. I don't want to work around the clock. That's that's not fun. That's not. That's not a good lifestyle. So you can watch the entire interview, uh, GeekWire, with his remarks uh, about leaving San Francisco Bay Area and the relocation to Seattle in um, in a video online, GeekWire. So I think this this article brings up. An interesting perspective, because this is a guy who's brand new to the city, and he's kind of popping off with stuff that he doesn't really know what he's talking about. He hasn't been here long enough to kind of really know the ins and outs. But it doesn't take somebody to that's been here for a long time to understand that when you continually are talking about bringing new taxes to a business environment, that is not where you want to be. So our political leadership here in the Seattle and Washington State, you guys need to wake up and figure out what direction you want to go. Because the direction you're heading in, you're going to have fewer and fewer companies to pay the taxes that run your budgets. And that's one of the reasons Washington has been so successful, Seattle has been so successful, is that we have a low tax environment. You start monkeying with that, oh, let's just raise the taxes and all these guys. Guess what? We're just going to be like every other ridiculous city that, um, that has these issues. And, um, you know, it's, that's not where I want to be. I want to be the tech city that I want to have Seattle be that tech city where people still want to come in because that's kind of where you want to be growth and all. You know, Seattle's still a pretty cool city, got some issues, got some political leadership issues, stuff like that. But don't a lot of other cities? Yeah, they do. So I'm going to stick it out here. I'm going to be here for a while. I'm not leaving. 
But I can't really blame those guys down in LA that are just like, get me out of here. I gotta go, let alone the fact I'm spending an extra, what, 16, 17% in state income tax alone, and I'm not getting anything for it. I really can't blame those guys for just saying, yeah, peace out, we're out of here. And so am I on this podcast. So thanks so much for being here. Love to have you subscribe if you see fit. Stay safe out there, my friends. I will catch up with you on another podcast. Bye for now. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.